look and see what others are doing, look and see how they're doing it, conduct your due diligence, make sure you understand it before you put your brand into that space. If you decide to do that, make sure you're ready to do all the things that come with it. It's no different than jumping into social media. You can't just put up a post and assume it's all going to be seen. Welcome to the Corporate Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Bailey. Over the last few years, I've discovered a new wave of CEOs who are passionate about serving their customers and changing the world. They're proving you can build a strong business while also having a positive impact on those around you. This is a podcast about the changing state of business and why more leaders are choosing to use their business for good. Join me for thoughtful conversations about purposeful leadership and uncovering the steps you can take to grow your business on purpose. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Corporate Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Bailey. Today, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Elaine Young back to the podcast. Elaine joined me in episode 24 to discuss her activist marketing class and the steps brands can take to support the people, the issues, and the causes they believe in. But as Elaine and I were talking before the show, I learned that she was also teaching a class about Web3 and exploring the metaverse. So I asked Elaine to walk us through what is the metaverse? How should brands be showing up in this new space? And what does purpose look like in the metaverse? I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Elaine, and welcome back for part two of our conversation. I had so much fun talking with you about your activist marketing class, and now we're going to talk about a new class that you started on the metaverse. Perhaps you can kick things off by explaining what actually is the metaverse, and how did this class come together? Yeah, so my capstone class this semester, I decided to go with a theme. These are marketing majors who are getting ready to graduate and head out into their careers. And I try to focus on getting them ready for that transition from student to career, but also want to arm them with that, you know, what's happening in marketing, not today, but tomorrow. And just, you know, thinking about, well, what could we talk about? And then uh, last semester, when Mark Zuckerberg announced, you know, the change from Facebook to Meta. And so everybody started talking about what's the metaverse, you know, because of this. And that was why I said, okay, let's dig into this in the capstone. And let's not think about it as like marketing in the metaverse. Let's talk about what is the metaverse and how does this have impact on marketing, right? And what is it going to do? And so some of the things that we're looking at first is, okay, so can we define the metaverse, right? What is that? The best way I would like to explain it is it is a uh, digital representation of physical space. It is an opportunity for people in the physical world to come together in the digital world. It is a way in which infrastructures are created to allow me to do that and then tie payment processing, buying and purchasing behavior and uh, security things to it, right? So you've got that avatar-y kind of floating in space images from Facebook's announcement and Mark Zuckerberg talking about his his vision. And I want to be really clear, this is Mark Zuckerberg's vision of what the metaverse could look like, okay? But you've had communities like Second Life around for years and years. I think Second Life is 15, maybe older than 15 years. 
there is somewhere in Second Life a virtual representation of me in a virtual representation of the Champlain College campus. I'm hanging out in a room somewhere. So the metaverse is not new, but what is new is the technologies that are allowing us to access it in a different way and how we immerse ourselves in those experiences. So if you have played um, Pokemon Go, you've been part of the metaverse a little bit, right? You're doing that physical and digital connection, right? I'm in the physical world using my phone to capture a virtual Pokemon in an area, right? That's bringing physical and digital together. If you've heard anything about NFTs, so non-fungible tokens, it's a piece of digital artwork that has value that people are assessing, you know, putting value on. And then, of course, you have this conversation about blockchain technologies. Blockchain is just a way in which you can protect data pieces, right? I don't want to get too technical there for two reasons. One, not an expert in this space. And two, it's very like, it's a little mind breaking to think about it. But essentially, you know, blockchain allows you to have unique identifiers for things. Then, of course, that layers in cryptocurrency. So what's happening is we have this collision of the physical and the digital and the blurring of the lines of what those are. In some places, people are using the word fidgetal to describe it, physical and digital smushing together. That's what Web3 is. That's what the metaverse is. So if folks who are listening to this, if they have kids who have been on Roboblox, that's metaverse right? Minecraft, metaverse Second Life, metaverse where you can come together and do things. It's not necessarily a game. Some game platforms or they're gamifying NFTs in digital spaces so that you can have that NFT on display on your digital wall, right? So it's a fascinating um, collision of technology. So the VR headsets are allowing you to immerse yourself in these experiences more. The bandwidth of, you know, having 5G is allowing your mobile capacity so you can be anywhere and access these, right? So there's there's this space now, this moment in time where we're having more and more of the technology backbone and infrastructure to allow us to dive deeper into these digital spaces. Yeah, I'll stop there and see if that sparks any other questions. Yeah, I'm curious. Are you seeing some brands that are starting to dip their toes into this and that are really starting to create space in this Web3 world? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, back in the day when Second Life first came out, you had brands like uh, Coca-Cola in Second Life. They did contests in Second Life. I mean, there's brands are like big brands are like, hey, hmm, how's this going to work? And what does it look like? And we can show off that we're we're in this space. I mean, is it that different from a brand having a TikTok, right? Or, you know, being on any particular social media. But what's happening now is because we have video game technologies, we have NFTs, you've got companies like Ubisoft bringing NFTs into their games, right? And so kind of blurring those lines. Um, thinking about how digital currencies can show up and economies can happen. So back with Second Life, it was Linden dollars, like you could trade in your Linden dollars for actual US dollars. But now because of blockchain technology, you don't have to do that. You just have your cryptocurrency and it just goes with you wherever you go. So brands are going into these spaces. The question is in what way and for what purpose? And so some of the things that are particularly interesting that I thought about back when I was first playing with Second Life was this opportunity for me to have a virtual representation of myself in a digital space. 
me to be able to dress uh, a certain way in that digital space, but potentially have that same outfit in my physical space? And am I shopping for me in my physical form or am I shopping for my digital form when I go to the store in Second Life or when I go to this other metaverse store? Brands can allow you to show up in many different ways. Uh, Brands are experimenting with NFTs. They're playing around with, okay, here's this sneaker or this shoe. And if that's an NFT and I purchase that, then that has value and I can turn around and sell it to somebody else and I can make money, right? It's a digital representation of the shoe, but it's very possible that I could have that same shoe like actually on my physical foot, right? So I think the question as always with any brand is, what's the value proposition for me to be in this space? Why should we be in this space? What happens if we're not in this space? Then that gets back to some of the more basic fundamental building blocks. What's our purpose? What's our mission? What do we care about? Who's our customer? Where are they? What do they care about? Should we be here? Should we not be here? Should we dip our toe in the water? Should we try some things? So it's just a fascinating space to watch. And so what we're talking about in our class is is really like, what is it? What's happening in it now? What do we think about it as consumers? What do we think about it as individuals? What do we think about it as marketers? We're getting into some really great ethics conversations. I'm having them read some really great things around representation about issues of individuals with disabilities and what the metaverse means for them, what it means for uh, showing up in a place when human beings tend to bring all of their good and bad with them into another space. And so you can have moments of amazing things like um, in Second Life, there's a place where you can go and look at a whole presentation of Black history for Black History Month. And it's an interactive kind of experience and your avatar can go and read about individuals from black history that you might never have heard of in history books, right? You might not have been taught that. I know I wasn't really taught that and I'm 55. So there's a lot I have yet to learn. There are also stories of horrific, horrible things happening in those spaces to individuals of color, to women, to um trans individuals, depending on how you decide to show up in that digital space, it may not be safe. And so for brands, when you step back in for brands, you have to be prepared for all the possible things that could happen in a virtual space. One of the things that I think is particularly interesting, having gone through the advent of the internet and watched like the domain name grab, you know, land grab kind of thing happen, And then see this whole hype around purchasing virtual land, which is very much a Western colonial kind of mindset. I'm going to go in and purchase digital, right? You know, it's it's not actually there. It's a digital representation of a piece of property, right? But we we bring that with us into these spaces that are being built. And thinking about that domain name process that happened back in the day. And now should brands be going into places like Earth 2, which is literally a a physical map of the Earth using Google and selling pixels of land? (laughs) So should a brand go in and buy the pixels of land that make up the space where their physical property lives in a physical world so they can protect that? I don't know. I actually don't have the answer for that. The great thing about being a college professor is we can ask a lot of great questions. We don't necessarily have to have all the answers. Wow. Yes, it it does seem like there's a lot 
Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so curious about this space right now and how this space is being shaped. And I think you brought Mm -hmm. up some really good points about the ethics of it, the management of it. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think we're still dealing with how to manage social media and and we, you know, look at at language and and how people treat each other. There's definitely a lot of questions. So what advice would you give to maybe a smaller company that's curious about this space, but maybe doesn't have these resources, you know, should they be there? Do you have some thoughts around how brands can maybe tip their toes in the water without devoting a tremendous amount of time or money into evaluating the space? Yeah. So like any good marketer, I'm going to answer with the perfect answer, which is it depends. It really does. So if you're a small to medium-sized business, first, you always have to think about your own resources. I, th- I think that's critically important, right? If you're purpose-driven and you're, and you're thinking about the impact on community and you're thinking about the impact on your customers, it's always great to find out what are your customers looking for? What do they care about? Can you, if you created some space in the metaverse, let's say uh, you decide to try out a second life because it's still there. It's got a thriving community of like 600,000 people, right? It's getting more um, attention again. So this might be it, second life, second life, right? Is there something that you can do in that space that invites your community together to share something? right? Could, could you do something like that? How hard would that be? That's actually not that hard, right? Because Second Life, you create an avatar, you can create a space, and then people can show up in that space and you can have a conversation with them. You don't need VR headsets and you don't need special suits or anything like that. You just use your computer. But I would always start with, what is the purpose of my business? What do I do? What is my community? Where are they in this? If my community is not interested in this and that is not where they are and my consumers don't care about that and and they're even maybe not even happy with, you know, Facebook anymore or any of these other things, I need to be where they are. I need to show up where they are. Um, if I'm a tech company or an education company or a company that's on the edge of something, right? So, and, and my customers are people who are engaged with and early adopters with new technologies, then I might need to invest in some of that. I need to hire some people to build replications of my brand in there. I might have to pick a space or two to really kind of build out and then test and see what's happening. My marketing team then has to figure out how to get people in there to make it worth the time. And so from a marketing perspective, it really is always marketing 101. Who's my customer? What do they care about? How do I meet them where they are? And if I have a lot of early adopter customers, I might need to be doing something here. If I don't, then that wait and see approach, it's like, okay, let's see if this is like some of those other fads that came along. And I remember talking to businesses who were saying, do I need to be on this internet thing? Seems like a fad to me. And those people were pretty late to the party. And even quite a few businesses didn't even get e-commerce running until during the pandemic when it was the only way to reach people, right? A lot of small businesses were like, I don't need to do that. I'm a retail store. Suddenly there's a need to do something. I think that's my advice. It's like, this is still the early days of the metaverse. The NFTs, blockchain and cryptocurrency are very speculative right now. It's sort of this wild, wild ride of like, does this make sense? Does it not make sense? Are you going to make money, not make money? And it's very, um, very messy, only do that if you have some resources to get involved with that, but be very careful with that process, right? Look and see what others are doing. Look and see how they're doing it. Conduct your due diligence. Make sure you understand it before you put your brand into that space. If you decide to do that, 
make sure you're ready to do all the things that come with it. It's no different than jumping into social media. You can't just put up a post and assume it's all going to be seen. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to kind of wrap it all back to purpose, to me, purpose is so much about the foundation, you know, that that you make these decisions from, whether it's advocacy and activism, whether it's dipping your toes into the metaverse, social media, how you conduct yourself there, having this foundation of of being clear about who you are and and why your business exists and, and what you believe in the context of your customers, in the context of the community, in the context of your employees is so valuable. This has been so much fun, Elaine. I really appreciate you taking time to talk through this. Before we wrap up though, I am curious, you mentioned two great books that you're using yeah. in your activist marketing class. Are there any other resources in terms of the metaverse or that you follow in terms of getting educated about all of these forward-looking yeah. things you're bringing into the classroom? Yeah. So the two texts that I talked about, they're, they're really powerful and amazing. I definitely am excited to have people take a look at those. And the Good is the New Cool is a series. They also have a podcast. They have a wide range of information that's super powerful as thinking about purpose driving business. I really recommend the Good is the New Cool series and their podcast 100%. Uh, The Brand Activism from Purpose to Action is fascinating and tied very closely to the Wicked Seven problems, which is also something Christian Sarkar has done. Those Wicked Seven problems ecosystem is, is a really interesting way to look at, okay, how do I decide what I want to focus on as brand? Because here's all of these things. So it's kind of that moment, that aha moment of how things are influenced by other things. I would say that The place that I am finding the most valuable and helpful resources about the metaverse is LinkedIn. So I am following several uh, individuals on LinkedIn who just are really immersed in this space, who I would consider experts in this space. And from them, I am learning so much. Uh, They post a lot of really great content, highlight different things. I'm going to mention one person here, Sally Cherry. She is on LinkedIn. She is special in 3D immersive virtual worlds development. She's an amazing person and, and has a wealth of knowledge. And so looking to social networks like LinkedIn for people in that space, really helpful. Got it. I'll, I'll make sure we link to those in the show notes, but that's really helpful. And then of course, yeah. where can people find you and the, and the university if they're interested in, in kind of learning more about what you're doing? Yeah. So Champlain College, champlain.edu. We're in Burlington, Vermont. So we're a small private college and I'm actually pretty easy to find on LinkedIn and other places. Uh, You want to look for Elaine Young at Champlain College in Vermont, who's a marketing professor, not the Elaine Young who is a math professor. So, you know, it is what it is, but I do marketing. The other Elaine Young does math. Well, Elaine, thank you so much for joining me today. Karen, thank you so much for having the conversation. Uh, it's a great topic, and I'm super excited to, uh, to see more and more folks talking about purpose and activism. You just finished an episode of the Corporate Purpose Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and found some key takeaways you can use right now to grow your business on purpose. If you like this episode, then hit subscribe or consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Better yet, share it with a friend or a colleague. We'll see you next time on the Corporate Purpose Podcast.